Good morning, everybody. It's Friday. It's a beautiful, beautiful Friday. It's 10 o'clock, uh, and I'm Tim Harris. It's time for Tim with Tim. We are going verse by verse through the book of Isaiah right now. We're doing the whole Bible, but right now in the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Today, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 to 31. How are you guys? Are you doing okay? Are you all well? Uh, y'all know the Gosh, nearly three weeks that I've had uh, just death watch with my mom. It's been so hard, so terribly hard. Uh, I don't know how she hangs on. I have no idea how she hangs on, but she's in the Lord's hands, and uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. So pray for us. Continue to pray for us. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40 is good, good for me today. Let's jump right in. Verse 25 says, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Ask the Holy One. Of course, that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> you know, th th there is no equal to the Lord. And then the passage just goes on. 26 to 31 is just, I think, some of the most beautiful, beautiful scripture in all the Bible. Look up into the heavens. Who created the stars? He brings them all out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Not a single one is missing because of his power and incomparable strength. Um, I just think it's funny because, you know, sometimes I hear that that advertisement was on the radio, TV, uh, about the International Star Registry. Like, apparently you can pay money and name a star after somebody. And I guess there's no danger of ever running out of stars because there are like 10 trillion galaxies <laughs> full of stars. You know, so somebody's making a killing and it's ridiculous because you don't get to name the stars. They are all already named. They are named by the one who made them in the first place, and he is the Lord. And I just love this. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? You know, who made all of those? It's the Lord. Uh, oh, my. Uh, verse 26, I think, does such an amazing job of portraying God in both his transcendence and his eminence. Those two qualities, and in some ways they're paradoxical, but transcendence and eminence. Transcendence is that quality of a God, the God who created everything by his simple word, which means he is radically, infinitely beyond and outside creation. He's radically separate from everything that is because everything that is, he created, understand? So he's infinitely beyond it, outside of it, and, and that in itself is just too wonderful for words. God is transcendent. He is completely outside all the categories of what he has made. So that means, you know, categories like time, for example, you know, like you can't say how old is God because uh, time doesn't apply to God. You can't say how big is God because space doesn't apply to God. Those are characteristics of a physical world, and God is outside, separate from, and infinitely beyond the physical world. You see that? He is transcendent. And you see that in, in chapter 40, verse 26. Look up into the heavens who created all the stars, you know, because of his great power and incomparable strength. Not a single one is missing. But at the very same time, in, in verse 26, you see his eminence. In other words, yes, he is great and he is separate from and he is beyond it all, but he is also so very close. He is near. Um, you know, I, I mean, I love science and I love the fact that, you know, we've now discovered what seem to be flowing rivers of water on Mars, you know, but understand God's spirit was brooding over those rivers of Mars, you know, long, long before we ever even were here. Um, they found a 31-mile-long 
cave on the moon, like our moon. And they're saying it would be the very best place for a human colony because it's a very perfect 60-something degrees day and night there. It never changes. And so that perhaps will be where we'll colonize the moon, all right? Um, but the amazing thing is when the first human being steps foot into that dark cavern in, inside the moon, understand God's spirit is already there, you know? That's what I mean by his eminence. He is closer to me than I am to myself. There's not a single place in all of this universe where his spirit is not already there, you know? And so he is transcendent. He is imminent, you know, at once, uh, this God that we praise. So verse 27, recognizing God's greatness and closeness, how in the world can you complain? I mean, that's basically what he says. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord doesn't see your troubles? Do you think there's anything he doesn't see? You know, how can you say God ignores your rights? God's not mindful of your rights. What are you talking about? If you knew anything at all about God, you know, uh, what makes you think you can complain? This is the God who keeps 10 trillion galaxies, you know, of stars burning since the beginning. And you can't keep a string of 50 blinking lights going on your Christmas tree through the month of December. So who are you to complain? Who are you to talk? You know, if you knew anything at all about God, then you would know that you do not know more than he knows, you know, and your ways are not somehow hidden from his sight. I mean, come on. And this is why this passage is just so beautiful. I love it so much. Have you never heard, you know, how is it that you don't know, Isaiah says, how is it that you don't understand? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary, and no one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. I think at one period of my life, probably in my youth, uh, I always read that verse and thought of physical strength, you know, physical tiredness, because um, there's <laughs> we all know what it is to be physically tired. I'm physically tired today, but... But there's, there, there, there's more than one way to be tired. You know, there's physical, there's also mental. You ever been, just been so mentally tired that, that you can't think, you, you can't put words together? Because I'm probably that mentally tired today too. And spiritually tired? You ever just been spiritually tired? You know, it's just like so, so tired of praying, you know, and, 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 and it seems like God isn't, you know, paying attention uh, it seems like God doesn't see your troubles, you know, as, as Isaiah says there. Uh, there's more than one way to be tired, you all. There's more than one way to fall in exhaustion. Uh, verse 31, this is the last verse in this amazing chapter. I think it's beautiful. Those, those who trust in the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, will find new strength. The Hebrew word there is it's not so much find new strength or like renew strength. The word there is exchange or substitute. In other words, there, there are two kinds of strength here that are being compared. There is my strength and God's strength. You know, your strength and God's strength. And there is no comparison. And the point here is when you wait upon the Lord, you are given that, that freedom, that incredible possibility to exchange your strength for his strength. So now it's not you, you know, just gutting it out in your strength and God's going to somehow, you know, give you more of your strength. No, 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 no. You, we get to exchange our strength. In other words, I, I get to live with God's own strength, with God's own power, God's strength in my weakness, you know. 
And so in the last part of this verse, you, you get three different pictures of what that looks like. What does it look like to live in God's strength? Well, first off, it looks like soaring high, like on eagle's wings. And, and there are probably moments of my life, moments of your life where it feels like that. It feels like you are soaring high. You ever seen an eagle? You know, they just catch a current of wind and they just ride the wind. They don't even have, you know, you've never, you know, you've seen a hummingbird, you know, buzzing and flitting around, you know, there's uh, no comparison. Uh, actually, that's how you and I live. We're like the hummingbird, you know, you know, you know, beating our wings, you know, a thousand miles an hour, you know, zipping and, and darting around. But, but it's the eagle that just simply finds that current of air and rides it. You've never seen an eagle barely flapping his wings, you know, and, and sometimes life is like that. It's not buzzing and darting and flitting around. It's just, you know, soaring high and riding the wind, you know, effortlessly, coolly. And, and I love that. Sometimes life is like that. But also sometimes living in God's strength looks like running and not getting weary. I'm a runner, you guys. And, and this is one that I love. That, that idea that you could run just and be unstoppable. And there are moments of my life when I feel like that, like I could run forever or like I could just do this forever. I mean, it's work, but it's good work. It's tired, but it's a good kind of tired, you know, because you are living in God's strength, not your own. And, and in that sense, it never runs out. So sometimes living in God's strength looks like running and not getting weary, but make no mistake, make no mistake. Sometimes living in God's strength looks like just simply walking and not fainting. In other words, sometimes it's just putting one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, and uh, and not falling out altogether, you know, not fainting. In other words, sometimes living in God's power just looks like staying on your feet, you know, it's just staying on your feet. Um, I find it amazing, and y'all know how much I love this chapter. It's just such a miraculous chapter. Um, but the greatest miracle of all is in those last last few words. To walk and not faint, you know, walk and not faint. Was that four words? Uh, really, that's how this chapter ends. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord God is the everlasting God. He gives strength to the powerless. And with all of that fanfare, the very last words of this chapter are walk and not faint. Is that enough? I mean, sometimes we soar high on wings like eagles. And I always want to do that. Or, or I always want to run and not be weary. But honestly, sometimes, y'all, it's enough just to walk and not faint. It's enough just to stay on your feet. And in those moments when you find the strength just to stay on your feet, not only is it enough, uh, it is a miracle. You know, it's a miracle. Uh, I love this chapter so much. Thank you for sharing it with me. Thank you for sharing God's word with me every day. I love all of you so much. You're a dear. I feel your prayers today. I feel your uh, the, the thrill of being in God's word with you. And I hope this chapter speaks to your heart today the way it speaks to mine. Uh, it's a weekend. I have no idea what this weekend will hold for me and my family. Uh, uh, next time I'm with you, I assume it'll be Monday, but if it's not Monday, the next time I see you will be in Isaiah chapter 41. We're now in the book of comfort in Isaiah. It's like a very different book and you're going to love it. And I can't wait to read it with you. So listen, God bless you all. I love you so much. Have a good Friday and I'll see you Lord willing. Uh, Monday, 10 o'clock for 10 with Tim. I love you guys.